Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Enrique Ogunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, yeah. how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. As each day passes, we get a little closer to the start of the football season. If you're an NFL fan, a chance to watch a little preseason football tonight. NFL Network's got the New York Giants and the New England Patriots. The other matchup tonight, Kyle Hamilton, the former Fighting Irish Safety will make his NFL preseason debut for the Baltimore Ravens as they take on the Tennessee Titans in a good old-fashioned AFC slugfest. Meanwhile, for the Fighting Irish, they were back on the practice field earlier today. The Irish getting set to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes in just your normal ho-hum Opening game, top five matchup. Coach's poll has Notre Dame number five and Ohio State number two. Little extra drama leading to that first football game as these two teams look to pick up a marquee victory that could be vitally important down the line in the playoff picture, but really one of three very difficult games on the Irish schedule at Ohio State home against Clemson at USC, and that BYU game could be tricky out in Vegas. My name is Darren Pritchett. Welcome to the program. Sports beat on the air until 7 o'clock tonight. Our friends down the road, the South Bend Cubs, are in Appleton, Wisconsin. They're in the central time zone, so they're getting started a little later once again tonight as they continue on in their series. Game 3 of 6 against the Timber Rattlers, the Brewers affiliate. The game tonight will start at 7.40. Pre-game coverage starts at 7.20 on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Coming up on Sports Beat tonight, 
We will have our Sports Beat Twitter question of the day in our next segment, then right around 535, 540, our Irish player spotlight. And today we're going to focus on Notre Dame Rover, the kid from Pioneer High School, Jack Kaiser. We've got our My Five question of the day, the five Notre Dame football players whose time is now in fall camp because the clock is ticking. What I'm referring to is these guys have been around town a little bit. They've been around this program a while, and it's maybe now or never for their chance to impress this coaching staff to earn the playing time they desire. So we'll give you five names coming up in just a little bit. Tommy Reese made a very interesting list earlier today. We'll talk about the Irish offensive coordinator coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. Also, our sports wagering segment is on the way in the 6 o'clock hour. I wish they had good news to report for our White Sox fans and our listening audience, but the Royals just picked up another run in the bottom of the eighth inning. It is now Kansas City 5, the White Sox 2, bottom of the eighth inning. The White Sox are out hitting Kansas City 13-8, to but trail by three. Dylan Cease, don't blame him. Another great outing for the former South Bend Cubs. Six innings, three hits, one earned run, struck out eight. His ERA is now 1.96 on the season, but no offensive support while Cease was in the ball game. Yasmani Grandal hit a two-run home run on the top of the eighth to bring the Sox to within 4-2, but now the bullpen has given up another run, and it's 5-2 Royals going to the top of the ninth inning. The good news is for the Sox, Vaughn, Jimenez, and Abreu coming up in the top of the ninth inning against Kansas City, and the White Sox have to win to keep pace with first-place Cleveland, who beat the Tigers in 10 innings this afternoon, 4-3, to a White Sox loss, and they are three back of the first-place Cleveland Guardians. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Well, the Irish right now in fall camp, getting this offense ready to go as they will face an Ohio State defense that was pretty mediocre for their standards last year. Irish redesigning their offense for the personnel they have in 2022. Tyler Buckner, Drew Pine, who will be the starting quarterback, that is still to be determined. As we talked to Blue and Gold Illustrated's Tyler Horka on yesterday's program, the Irish beat reporter for Blue and Gold, it kind of feels like the competition is a whole lot closer than we all expected. Drew Pine is pushing Tyler Buckner at the present time, and that is a positive. Buckner, of course, brings you a little more oomph to the offense with his ability to carry the football quite effectively. Good combination of power and speed. Waiting to see how he develops as a passer. We saw the numbers he put up in high school. Awfully impressive when he wasn't injured out in California. So the quarterback competition continues for the Fighting Irish. One of the guys that Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner are throwing to is Jaden Thomas. He is making quite an impression on the coaching staff. Last year as the freshman, he was sort of the other 
freshman wide receiver. You all knew about Lorenzo Styles pretty quickly. He showed up, continued to grow throughout the year, and then blew up in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State with the eight catches and the early touchdown reception. Deion Coles, he got a little more time as the season progressed, but Jaden Thomas was the guy waiting in the wings. Well, all of a sudden, he's tired of the shadows, and he is pushing to be one of the top three wide receivers on this Fighting Irish football team. Who knows what the combination of wide receivers are going to be from play to play, but who knows? Three wide receivers set early against Ohio State. Could it be Styles, Davis, and Thomas? It's a possibility. Braden Lindsey, Deion Colsey, of course, will have something to say about that. But Jaden Thomas is showing up right now in fall camp. Fighting Irish head coach Marcus Freeman on Jaden Thomas. We're going to need him. We're going to need him to to have a huge role for this offense this year. We challenge him. I challenge him all the time. I'm going to need you. We're going to need you to step up. And uh, he's a confident kid. He is continuing. He's getting better and better and better. And uh, that's all we ask. But um, he's going to have to get better fast because we're going to need a lot out of him. He's got to be a guy that if our defense is playing man coverage against us, we feel like we can go to him and win. That's going to, That's got to be who he is. Well, that's... A really good sign. If you're not afraid to put JT out there in man coverage, that shows you he is able to get off the line of scrimmage, win some hand fighting, and give his quarterback an opportunity to make a play. Now, it's kind of interesting. With the ability of the Irish running backs to be a part of the passing game, we've thought this through throughout the offseason, that Tommy Reese has some good options He can put forth a lot of different combinations. First off, he's got some tight ends that can catch the football in two tight end sets. Of course, we all know about Michael Mayer, the All-American candidate, likely first-round pick next spring. Then you've got a guy I really like. I think he's going to show up at some point this year, Kane Barong, Kevin Bauman. So you've got some tight end options that can catch the football, led by the best in the country, Mayer. You've got the wide receivers we just mentioned, but also Chris Tyree, Logan Diggs, guys that are very, very handy catching the football. In fact, I think we've all kind of imagined as we play the hypothetical role of Tommy Reese offensive coordinator that Tommy could send Chris Tyree to the outside, line him up as a wide receiver, Then you've got Diggs or Audric Estime ready to come in and play the regular running back spot. So, you wonder, could you do all these things if the Irish running back room is limited for that first game against Ohio State? Now, Jadarian Price, I'll spit it out. Jadarian Price, the freshman, suffered a ruptured Achilles after the blue goal game. He has lost for the season after he needed surgery. So that takes away an option. You got Jabran Payne, who is working his way into this offense. Freshman, arrived this summer. You've got Audric Estime, the big guy that pretty nimble as well. I think the expectation is he is ready to be a very important part of this offense. Had a handful of carries against Georgia Tech. 
Had one carry in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma State, but he seems to be ready for prime time now. And then, of course, you got the veteran all of a sudden of the running back room, Chris Tyree. Now, if Logan Diggs coming off the torn labrum can't go against Ohio State, does that limit what Tommy can fully do with his packages, the use of his running backs? But as we found out after the Irish took the practice field for the first time on Friday. Logan Diggs is on the field. Now in a red jersey, can't be touched, no contact. But he is going through drills. He was back on the practice field today, practice number six for the Fighting Irish, going through drills, going through the old gauntlet they have set up to try to knock that football out of the hands of the running back. And apparently during the sessions, the media was there. The football never touched the ground, despite all the efforts of everybody involved to strip the ball away. Good sign the running backs are taking care of the football. But if Diggs can go, then all of a sudden, I think Tommy Reese, if he wants to do some different things with his running backs, he is fully capable of doing so. Marcus Freeman was asked at the start of fall camp, how do you handle the running back reps? You want to get the guys ready because... It's showtime right off the bat. Ohio State on the road, game number one. But you also want to be careful because for sure right now, Tyree, Estime, and Payne are your options with Diggs. He goes into the hopeful category. So here's Marcus Freeman on dealing with running back reps during fall practice. You got to be smart. You got to rotate them. Um, you know, it's a challenge. You know, Coach McCullough has a, a huge challenge. You know, because he's competitor just like the rest of us. And he wants to put the best guys in there. He wants to put the guys in there that's going to make sure that we have success. We have to roll those guys, you know. And, and you got Diggs, who's not truly full contact yet. Um, so you saw him in the red. And so we got to progress him in the right way. Um, so they've done a good job so far. I'm sure they'll be creative. Um, I know Coach Reese, we've talked about it, being creative in terms of personnel and how we utilize these guys. Um, but you got to get the work done. You know, we can't have all of our running backs in red and, 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 and think we're going to be prepared um, for the season. So, you know, I, I just I don't believe in being overly cautious. I think we got to be smart, but we can't overly protect them in terms of we're not prepared. I agree. you got to have these guys ready for game action against Ohio State. You do not have a layup in game number one. If you're playing a school that you can dominate, you still want to have the guys ready, but you can look at practice a little different. But let's face it, with the way college football is set up right now, when you lose one game, your chances of making the playoff get diminished. A second loss, you're done in a four-team format, as we have seen since the playoff started back in 2014. The playoff is exclusively for undefeated teams and one-loss teams. So you lose the opener, all of a sudden your margin for error is out the window. You got to run the table. So this first game, you can't take it for granted. You got to have these guys ready to go. Not just the running backs, but everybody. All the position groups have to be full go for this matchup against Ohio State because you're going to need a terrific effort to beat an Ohio State team that has extremely high expectations, as always, to be a playoff team. They feel like they can be the best offense in the country. 
with C.J. Stroud and those wide receivers that are returning. So this is going to be a handful. So, yeah, running backs got to get their work in. They have got to be ready to roll in that first game against Ohio State. You You know what else would help the Irish in that matchup against Ohio State? When you get into the red zone against that Buckeye defense and the expectation is you can still move the football on Ohio State's defense despite having a new defensive coordinator, I'm sure he will make an impact. But the Irish have a chance to move the football against that Ohio State defense. But when you get down to the red zone, field goals make it difficult. Touchdowns put the pressure on the home team. Last year, the Irish were 32nd in the country in red zone offense. 50 trips inside the opponent 20-yard line. Notre Dame walked away with points 44 times. 17 rushing touchdowns, 16 passing touchdowns, and 11 field goals. Six times the Irish came away empty-handed. Not bad numbers. But you like to see even a couple of more touchdowns, especially against the elite teams on the schedule. Clemson may be the toughest defense they face. Ohio State, we'll see where they end up. Kind of curious to see how much improvement they can make with a brand-new head coach. Knowles coming over from Oklahoma State. But the Irish have been early on in practices this fall going right to red zone offense, which is a little unique. And here's Marcus Freeman on going with that tactic. We, we started in the red zone uh, because it was very intentional. It really, I think, Al Golden was the one that said it in the NFL. They kind of did that to really work the long running of the skill guys. Right? And so I'm not trying to take it easy, but it's a progression in terms of how long our wideouts and our DBs are running. And so that's kind of where we started in the spring of we're going to start in the red zone and then we'll work our way out to the middle of the field. And so... That's why we did that. I mean, it went back and forth. It was really good to see. You know, I think the the defense has depth, you know, and um, that's something to me that was noticeable. You know, the offense, you know, we're not as deep as we want to be yet. We'll continue to to progress to that point. Um, But it was good. You saw some good things from the offense, good things from the defense. In terms of Tyler Buckner, you know what? We all know he can run. So it's really good for him to progress in terms of being a passer, staying in the pocket, making good decisions, you know, because it's always easy to take off and run. Yeah, there you go. If Buckner is your guy down in the red zone, that's where he can be a major factor with this ability to tuck that football under and do some damage. Practice number six in the books for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, the number five team in the country. And you can hear every Irish football game Right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, we'll have a full afternoon worth of coverage on September 3rd as the Irish take on Ohio State in Columbus with the kickoff set for 7.30. Our Sports Beat Twitter question of the day is coming up in just a moment. 5.26 is your time. Sunshine and 80 degrees in downtown South Bend at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
Game has gone final in Kansas City. The White Sox picked up a run in the ninth on an Andrew Vaughn home run. But Kansas City topped the Sox 5-3, coupled with the Guardians. 10-inning win over the Tigers 4-3 this afternoon. Cleveland leads the AL Central. And the White Sox in third place are now three games in back of the Guardians. Minnesota sandwiched between Cleveland and Chicago. The Twins are a game and a half off the pace. So the Guardians right now making a move in the AL Central. The White Sox did not do the job in Kansas City the last few days. 532 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We begin with yesterday's Sports Beat Twitter question of the day, which was available on my Twitter account at 960 Sports Beat. Looking at the 2024 NFL Draft and beyond, which of these four Notre Dame offensive players do you believe will be the most sought after at the next level? Here are the four choices. Offensive tackle, Joe Alt. The sophomore will start at left tackle for the Fighting Irish. Choice number two, the opposite tackle on the right side, Blake Fisher. Also a sophomore, started the first game at Florida State at left tackle, suffered an injury, came back for the Fiesta Bowl and played right tackle. Choice number three, a very exciting wide receiver, Lorenzo Stiles Jr. And choice number four, quarterback Tyler Buckner. You have voted. Here are the results. Fourth place in the voting with just 2.2% of the vote is Irish quarterback Tyler Buckner. Still has to show himself. I get that. We've only seen him throw, what, 35 passes so far in his collegiate career. Exciting player. We got to learn more. So I understand the low vote total there. Third place in the voting. I thought this guy might get a little more attention. But 10.9% of you believe the most sought-after player of these four Notre Dame offensive players will be wide receiver Lorenzo Stiles, Jr. So it came down to the big boys up front, the two tackles. 28.3% of the vote was second, and that goes to left tackle Joe Alt. Allowed three sacks and over 600 snaps last year. But winning the vote by a large margin because he's a large gentleman. Offensive tackle Blake Fisher blew away the competition. Fisher got 58.7% of the vote. Mr. Alt's going to be a major factor in pro circles coming up in two years. Fisher's going to probably get a lot of the attention, but Alt's going to be highly sought after as well. So... Which of these four Notre Dame offensive players will be the most sought after looking at the 2024 NFL Draft and beyond? From 4-1, to one, Buckner, Styles, Alt, and Blake Fisher. Thank you for voting. Here is today's question that was posted early, earlier this afternoon on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Of these three choices, 
What is the best way to describe the 2022 Notre Dame football team compared to the 2021 Fighting Irish? Choice number one, the 2022 Irish will have a better record than the 2021 team. Choice number two, the 2022 Irish will have a worse record than last year's team, mainly because of the schedule being more difficult. But this year's team will be better than last year's team. And choice number three, the 2022 Irish will have a worse record because this team will not be as good as last year's team. So a lot to think about here. Of these choices, what is the best way to describe the 2022 Notre Dame football team compared to last year's team. Let me give you the choices again. Choice number one, this year's team will have a better record than last year's team, simply put. Choice two, this year's team will have a worse record because of the difficulty of the schedule, but actually will be a better team than last year's squad. And choice number three, the 2022 Irish will have a worse record because the team will not be as good as last year's team. Vote away on Twitter. My account is at 960-SPORTSBEEP. We'll pass along the results on tomorrow's program and give you a question of the day for the weekend. It is 23 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. Darren Pritchett with you. Plenty more to get to on Budweiser's weekday sports beat, including our Irish Players Spotlight is coming up next as we focus on Notre Dame Rover. Jack Kaiser. This is Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish, including the season opener, September 3rd at 7.30, number five Notre Dame at number two Ohio State on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. You know, in linebackers or just in general, yeah, just, I mean, it's just really a smart group. Um, they can think on the grass, you know, they can control it on the grass. We empower them to do so. Um, we want them to make decisions. They're not always right at this stage of training camp, but uh, if we're all on the same page, then obviously uh, we can still, you know, play the down. So um, again, um, they they do what we ask every day. It's a really tough, gritty group, um, but talented. So really excited about these guys. That is Fighting Irish defensive coordinator and linebacker coach Al Golden. Talking about working with this group of Fighting Irish linebackers. Sportsbeat continues, 542 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hope you're having a great Thursday. Darren Pritchett with you. South Bend Cubs baseball tonight. We've got 720 pregame, 740 first pitch. South Bend playing at the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. To stay on the linebacker conversation for a couple of moments, our Irish players spotlight today is with Jack Kaiser, 6'1", 223 pounds, the senior from Pioneer High School, the first-ever Class 1A player to win Mr. Football in Indiana, had a terrific high school career 
at Pioneer and now playing for this Fighting Irish football team. And he doesn't play like a 1A football player. This is a big-time contributor to this Fighting Irish defense. Last year, Kaiser, in 13 games, had 45 tackles, including 26 solo tackles. He had one tackle for loss, a couple of forced fumbles. He had seven pass defenses, a couple of interceptions. He had two touchdowns, one at Soldier Field against the Wisconsin Badgers and one at Notre Dame Stadium against the Yellow Jackets of Georgia Tech. His high water mark for tackles last year, he had six tackles against Wisconsin and the University of Southern California. When you think about Jack Kaiser, He's that linebacker, safety, hybrid combination. He is the rover for this football team, likely backed up by a guy who's bounced around a couple of positions but physically looks the part, Jordan Botello. Middle linebacker, Bo Bauer, J.D. Bertrand, two very effective football players. Bertrand had 100 tackles last year trying to hold on to that starting spot for the Irish this year. And the weak side linebacker spot, we're expecting Maris Leofal to be the guy. A couple of young pups that have a lot of potential, looming Prince Collie and Jalen Sneed. That's a look at the linebacking core at the present time. And let's go ahead and find out a little bit more about Jack Kaiser. First here is defensive coordinator Al Golden describing what Jack Kaiser can do for this Fighting Irish football team. Just smart, uh, really smart kid. He'll do whatever you ask him to do. He's, he's, really, uh, he's really tough. Um, again, he can cover in space. You know, that's, that's a great quality for a linebacker because that automatically makes you a three-down linebacker. And, and then what he does for us on special teams makes him a four-down linebacker. So four-down linebackers are hard to find. Um, so I'm really excited about uh, him and, you know, he prepares really well. Like he comes in with great questions or he's in the meeting, you know, uh, telling other guys, you know, let's, uh, let's think about doing this or X, Y, or Z. Well, that says a lot right there. That's the highest compliment. When you talk about, I don't got to take this guy off the field. This linebacker can be a three down linebacker for my defense. So Jack Kaiser, an Irish player spotlight today. He had a chance to chat with the media just a couple of days ago. And here's some of the things that Jack Kaiser had to say as he speaks in our Irish player spotlight on Budweiser's weekday sports beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I mean, everybody's excited, you know, uh, to, to get the season started. It's been a long, long time since, you know, that Fiesta Bowl, so guys are just eager to get back in here, get work, and, and show that you know we've improved, and, and you know, we're going to take that next step. What have you learned from the new coaching staff and their experience at the biggest stage of this game? Yeah, I mean, having that you know pro experience is invaluable, and to have them you know in the film room every single day, like how much more could you ask for? And so just little things, you know, watching film, this is what we're looking for. You know, situational football, like to the next level, that 500 level, that's what we say all the time. Um, and just to have that every single day on a daily basis, like that's just, that knowledge, you can't put a price tag on that. Where do you feel like you're a better football player than you hmm? Where do you feel like you've improved in the last year? Yeah, I mean, I, at the point of attack, I feel like, you know, using my hands, being physical, um, block destruction, just that's been an emphasis, and, and I think we've gone, you know, a t as a team, and linebackers in total, you know, have gotten better with that. 
You know, it's special. You know, I found out that you know when we get a three-day break, now everybody can go home um, because they're flying to you know, California. It just doesn't make sense, or heck, you know, Germany. Um, so to be able to be close and you know have family come to every single game, like it, it's an awesome experience. And it's funny, you know, during my recruitment, I thought I wanted to go far away, get out of Indiana. Um, but it turns out this place was the best place for me. Like some people have you have only missing three tackles throughout your whole career. What makes you such a good tackle? You know, I, I really, you know, I, I think, you know, fortunately enough, I take good angles and, you know, I, I'm in the right spot at the right time. And, you know, when I grab one, I'm not going to let go. Um, and so, you know, I've been lucky to, you know, be able to finish everything and, uh, you know, three too many. So hopefully we can shrink that down this season to be zero um, and be perfect in tackling because you have to be. You know, one missed tackle can be a you know, start of a huge play. You talk about eliminating those mistakes, but where can the defense in general improve to be ready for their week one matchup? Communication. I mean, when you're playing in the shoe, it's going to be loud. So you have to be able to communicate at the highest level. Um, and we're working on that now in practice. We have the volume turned all the way up. You know, I can barely hear other people. Just making sure everybody's on the same page. And you know, for week one, that's the biggest thing. Every single year is tackling and communication and eliminating those mistakes. And so that's going to be key. Well, I agree with Jack there. You take a look at early season games, in particular openers. Missed tackles is something it feels like all sports talk shows across the country talk about with their local team. Early on in the season, it's always something teams are hoping to be good at at the start of the year, but it's normally a work in progress. And special teams, how much time do you spend on special teams in fall camp? Do you have the ability to take care of business in that area in the opener? These openers can be decided by special teams. Heck, any ball game, you know, that can be decided by special teams. But you don't want to give away an early season game because – you're just not ready on special teams. And Coach Mason, he is very intense. You make a mistake, you hear about it. Whether you're the best player on the team or you're a walk-on, doesn't matter. He expects perfection. And if you are at practice, you will hear Mr. Mason from time to time to lock in on his players, trying to seek that perfection that everybody is looking for. So, going to be curious to see who's going to be the punt returner for this football team kickoff returns that is still something that is developing with this fighting irish football team and it would be awfully nice for special teams to be a plus when you go to columbus to take on ohio state in that first game jack kaiser in the irish players spotlight today from pioneer high school again 45 tackles last year seven passes defense Excellent coverage skills, good speed, solid tackler all around. Really good football player for this Fighting Irish football team. It is 10 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. Darren Pritchett with you. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on this Thursday evening is being brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. By Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt Don't Shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. And by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community 
while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. 551 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Leading off on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Don't you guys go anywhere. Plan to put on a hitting display. The center fielder. That boy is good. Number nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. West League champion. Adios! Walk off home run. Eloy Jimenez. Who prefers to cheer for the birds on a bat. Adios! Goodbye, and maybe that's the winner. Here's Darren Pritchett. at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. Sports beat on the air until 7 o'clock tonight. Hey, one baseball note for you, something you just don't see often at all. In fact, you almost never see it. History was made in minor league baseball last night. Chandler Redman of the Springfield Cardinals a double-A team in the St. Louis Cardinals organization. He hit for the home run cycle. A Major League Baseball player has never pulled this off in a regular season game. And this is only the second time it's ever happened in the minors. I've got a story in a second. But Chandler Redmond last night, in four consecutive innings, hit a solo home run, a two-run home run, a three-run home run, and a grand slam. Four home runs in four innings. He drove in 11, and again, the second-ever minor leaguer with the home run cycle, a solo, a two-run, a three-run, and a grand slam home run. I almost saw that happen in a minor league game when I was calling South Bend Cubs baseball right here on WSBT Radio a few years ago. We were in East Lake, Ohio, taking on then the Cleveland Indians affiliate, the Lake County Captains. And Cleveland had a first-round pick by the name of Will Benson. Big guy, left-handed batter. And his first three times at the plate against South Bend, solo home run, two-run home run, three-run home run. So as he strolled to the plate in the bottom of the sixth inning, He was three for three, three home runs, six driven in. And all he needed was a grand slam to hit for the home run cycle. Now, Lake County is a home run ballpark. The power alleys, left center, right center, not very deep. The ball always seemed to carry at Victory Field. What do you know? Benson needs a grand slam for the home run cycle. He comes to the plate in the bottom of the sixth inning, with the bases loaded. Uh, Unfortunately, he did not hit the grand slam and did not have another chance later in the game with the bases loaded, but I almost saw that happen for the second time in minor league baseball history, but South Bend denied Benson of that grand slam, but still, what a night with three home runs and one home run shy of the home run cycle, the grand slam, but the fact he had a chance to hit it was pretty remarkable, but Chandler Redmond did it last night, Four consecutive innings, solo, two-run, three-run, and grand slam to finish it off. Four homers and 11 RBI. He was five for six in the ball game. That is quite an evening. And again, we have never seen it in a Major League Baseball game. 
5.59 is our time. Coming up in a couple of moments, our My 5 question of the day. Five Notre Dame football players. The time is now in fall practice for them to show up. We'll give you the list of five players coming up next. Sports Center update is also on the way. It is now 6 o'clock at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Celebrating 100 years of serving Michiana. This is 960 AM WSBT South Bend. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. I'm catching on the hosel, right? Yeah, right, right. Moving my head. Yeah. Clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess. Four, please. Darren Pritchett is now broadcasting. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hour number two for Budweiser's weekday sports beat on this Thursday, August the 11th of 2022. Eight minutes after six o'clock, sunshine and 79 degrees in downtown South Bend, Indiana. My name is Darren Pritchett. Hope you had a terrific Thursday. Thanks for stopping by as we broadcast live on 960 AM WSBT. As always, the live stream available at WSBTradio.com on the WSBT Radio app. And we now have the ability for you to watch the show. We have a camera in studio, and you can follow the video on the Twitch app. It's a free download. And once you have the Twitch app, just search Sports Radio 960 WSBT. You will find our page and the opportunity to check out the video in studio. Coming up in a couple of moments, we'll have our My 5 question of the day. Tommy Reese is on a very interesting list, the Irish offensive coordinator. We'll tell you about the list coming up in just a little bit. We'll talk some sports wagering also as we continue to talk plenty of Notre Dame football with fall camp underway. Before we get to a little more football talk, Hey, props to the Notre Dame basketball programs. They just unveiled on social media the brand-new look for the basketball floor, and honestly, it's the best look they've had, I think, in several years. And basically, you have that Notre Dame blue, which is the border of the basketball court, and also the free-throw lane is blue, once again with the ACC logo at the free-throw line. One of the changes, the baseline, now has Notre Dame and the gold ND logo as you're watching it on TV, both in the upper portions only of the baseline. So when you're watching on TV, you can see the entire name Notre Dame. Oftentimes, if you put the name along the whole baseline, you don't see the entire name because the camera does not pan all the way over. So Notre Dame and that ND logo in the upper portion of the baseline as you look at the floor from the TV view. And also, one of the big changes, a big ND interlocking logo at center court. It is probably twice the size of the center jump circle. So it expands probably, it's hard to give you an exact 
measurement here, just looking at a picture, but it might be the edge of the logo might be five feet from the edge of the three-point line. So that gives you an idea how big the logo is. So you've got the interlocking ND logo, and below it, you got Purcell Pavilion written on the floor and then in smaller letters at the Joyce Center. Really good look, very clean look. I think it's important to get that interlocking ND logo in the center of the floor. That's basically free advertisement every time the Irish are on TV. You see that Notre Dame logo, you know exactly where you are. So I think this was a really, really nice change. Whoever made that decision and the basketball teams now have a new look on their basketball floor. You can check out the brand new look. Let me go ahead and retweet it. And you can check it out by going to my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Or if you follow Notre Dame women's basketball, Notre Dame men's basketball, both have the new look basketball floor at Purcell Pavilion available for you to check out. They've got like a 31 second video showing the floor being stripped of the old look and the new one is now ready to roll for the upcoming basketball season. And of course you can hear Irish basketball right here on WSBT radio, Mike Bray's team. A lot of older players with a couple of exciting young players that have a chance to start for this basketball team and Irish women's basketball once again will be on live 99.9 when it's time to start throwing around the basketball. 612 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. One question, five answers. This is the My Five Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here is today's question. The five Notre Dame football players whose time is now in fall camp as the clock is ticking on them. So basically, here's what I'm looking for. Five players who have been around the program for a while. They have not fully or consistently impacted the team. And if they don't start producing, they could be passed on the depth chart by younger guys. So the clock is ticking on these five individuals. Doesn't mean they're not going to impact the team, but if they don't produce in fall camp, they may not be able to do what they want to do individually and to help the team. So here we go. The five Notre Dame football players whose time is now in fall camp as the clock is ticking. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. Number five I'm probably not as strong on this choice as the other four. Number five, I've got quarterback Drew Pine, but he's battling for the starting job right now, so he is pushing the envelope. Tyler Buckner, a year behind Pine. There's a chance if Buckner wins the starting job, does the door ever open for Pine to be the full-time starter? Buckner... Probably his plan is to start the next three years for this football team. And then in a couple of years, you've got five-star quarterback C.J. Carr joining the program. So the time is kind of right now for Drew Pine. The door isn't shut, maybe like other guys, but this is a major opportunity 
for Pine. But he's pushing right now hard, Tyler Buckner. He's looked good in practice. This isn't a situation where, what's the old saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. That's not the case at Notre Dame. I think the coaching staff feels like they have two winning players. I know I'm kind of going back to a Brian Kelly phrase. You like winning players, but you also want championship players. I think right now you got two winning quarterbacks. You can't say much more than that because between the two, what are they throwing, 65 passes in their collegiate career? So let's don't go overboard. I think they're winnable players, but can they become championship players? Four. Another player whose time has to be right now in fall camp. I've got Jordan Botello, junior who physically looks the part. He has bounced around different positions, but now appears to have found a home as a backup rover. Jack Kaiser, the starter there. There are some really good young linebackers who are being cross-trained who joined the Irish in this year's freshman class. Heck, veteran players are being cross-trained. You got another good group of linebackers coming in next year. So for Patello, the time is to produce right now. I thought maybe he might stick at the Viper defensive end spot. Still could go back there. He's an intriguing guy. You look at him and you're like, man, this looks like a player who could dominate for the Fighting Irish. Unfortunately, things haven't clicked. Hey, Physically gifted, talented players you don't give up on. But this is a big opportunity for Botella to show this new defensive coordinator, Al Golden, what he can do for this football team. Okay, okay. Uh, Number three. The five Notre Dame football players whose time really is right now in fall camp as the clock is ticking on them. At number three, I'm going to go at the nose, Jacob Lacey. You've got Howard Cross, Jacob Lacey, Chris Smith. He's the transfer from Harvard. They are very capable players at the nose. I go back to this. My good friend, Eric Hansen, formerly of the South End Tribune, former co-host of the program, now running the brand-new rival site inside Notre Dame Sports. We were sitting at a Notre Dame football pro day a few years ago. We were just minding our own business. We were watching, sitting in the stands. And walking up to both of us was then Fighting Irish defensive line coach Mike Elston. Now, this was Lacey's freshman year. So this was the spring before he took the field for the first time as a freshman. And we started a conversation with Mike, and he could not say enough good things about Jacob Lacey. In fact, he felt like he could be highly productive. Now, it hasn't worked out that way. The injury bug has been a factor as well. But this is a guy that can clog up the middle of the opposing offensive line. Big, physical, talented guy. And with the way the Irish can rotate their defensive linemen, you can get more productivity out of these guys because you can have a revolving door. A couple of plays, rotate, and you don't lose a whole lot. Howard Cross, very exciting player. Smith is interesting. Let's see what he can do coming from Harvard. But the time is now for Jacob Lacey to show that 
all of the great attention he had coming out of high school was worthy of it and become a dominant player along the Fighting Irish defensive line. Number two. Another player. The time is ticking on them right now. Time to get rolling here in fall camp. And that is backup tight end Kevin Bauman. Tough break. Injured in the first game of last year. Went down in Tallahassee against Florida State. Came back later in the year. Was not a major factor. You got Michael Mayer, the tight end for this Fighting Irish football team. And who's going to be the number two tight end? George Tack has moved on to Boston College. Door is open for Bauman or maybe somebody else. Coming into the spring, I thought Bauman is the guy to take charge of this particular position. He still might. I think the door is open. I'm really intrigued, though, by Kane Barong, his ability for Tommy Reese to split out this tight end to the outside and provide a mismatch. The ability to get down the field, Barong is intriguing. And you got three other young tight ends behind Bauman, too, ready for the opportunities ahead. Eli Reardon, Holden Stays, and Mitchell Evans, who is banged up right now. Bauman is accommodation blocker receiver. In fall practice last year, he showed up a lot in the red zone. Jack Cohn found him in practice making plays in front of the media during fall camp last year. Unfortunately, the injury at Florida State pushed back Bauman, and now can he be the number two tight end? If not, boy, there's some pretty good players that are ready to take that particular spot. Number one. The five Notre Dame football players whose time is now during fall camp as as the clock is ticking at number one for me is wide receiver Braden Lindsey. You look at the wide receiver position. There are opportunities to be had. You've got Lindsey and Avery Davis, the old guys of the group. Then you got the young pups, the sophomores, Lorenzo Styles, Dion Colsey, Jaden Thomas. Maybe down the line, Joe Wilkins can be a backup at wide receiver once he comes back from injury. You've also got the freshman. Tobias Merriweather, who has popped up early on in fall practice. Needs to catch the football a little more consistently, but an intriguing player. Lindsey is a guy that it's really go time. This is his last go-around grad student. 50 catches in his career in just 29 games, six receiving touchdowns. We all know, even though he doesn't like to be called a track and field player, Runner, but he has electric speed, 21 carries in his career for 277 yards and three touchdowns. This guy can be a major playmaker, and I just always remember the jet sweep at Notre Dame Stadium against USC. He ran away from the USC secondary. All that speed the USC has, Lindsey said, see you later, adios, and took it to the house. But now we get into being a more consistent route runner, catching the football. Can he be that game changer that I think so many Irish fans believe that eventually he would become? The time is really now for Lindsey. If the time passes him by during this fall camp, look at all the young guys ready for opportunities. Nobody is giving up on Braden Lindsey. But as a veteran player on this football team, This is his opportunity. 
And when the Irish take the field at Ohio State, will Lindsey be a starter? Will he be a major factor? Boy, the Irish really need him because that speed can put a lot of pressure on opposing defenses, in particular at Ohio State. So the five Notre Dame football players, the time is now in fall camp. The five, quarterback Drew Pine. You got Jordan Botello, nose Jacob Lacey, tight end Kevin Bauman, and wide receiver Braden Lindsey. That's today's My 5 Question of the Day. It is 23 minutes after 6 o'clock, and this is Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. In 1922, we began broadcasting under the call letters WGAZ, the world's greatest automotive zone. Now, we're your home for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the best sports talk in South Bend. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022. Twenty-nine minutes in front of seven o'clock. This is Budweiser's weekday sports beat. I'm Darren Pritchett. Thanks for joining me on this Thursday. South Bend Cubs baseball coming up in about fifty minutes. Pre-game coverage at seven twenty. First pitch at seven forty. The South Bend Cubs visiting the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Well, my colleagues at Blue and Gold Illustrated, BlueandGold.com, they work with on three. A very exciting service that handles all their recruiting, and they do a really nice job on three. I think the guy who put together Rivals in 24 Sports, 24-7 Sports, broke away and now has started this particular venture, and they do a really, really nice job. I'm not the biggest recruiting guy, but I've enjoyed following everything they have written so far this year. They just put out a story and on3.com did a breakdown on the top offensive lines in college football. And Notre Dame comes in at number two. They list three key players, left tackle Joe Alt, guard Josh Lugg, center Jared Patterson. That's an interesting choice. Personally, if I'm going to go with three key players, I'm going to go Joe Alt at tackle, I'm going to go Jared Patterson at center, and I'm going to replace Josh Lugg with right tackle Blake Fisher. That's my three key players for this Fighting Irish offensive line. The buzz on Notre Dame, they write, Joe Alt's dad, John, was a longtime NFL offensive tackle, and Joe has the look of a future pro. Patterson might be the nation's best center, Someone needs to maybe let them know that he's playing left guard, but that's okay. Heck yeah, he might be the best center in college football. He's just playing left guard this year. And they write, plus new coach Marcus Freeman brought back noted line coach Harry Heastan to oversee the position. Yeah, that is a big-time improvement over the Irish offensive line coaching the last couple of years. So Notre Dame is number two in regard to best offensive lines in the country. Michigan is number one. 
They are the reigning Joe Moore Award winners last year, given to the nation's best offensive line. They lost a couple of starters from last year's college football playoff team that lost to the eventual champion, the Georgia Bulldogs. But they did pick up a really good transfer from Virginia to fill their center spot. They still have Ryan Hayes and Zach Zinter. So Michigan ranked number one. Just looking at the top ten very quickly, Louisville 10, a team that Notre Dame will play out in Las Vegas. Brigham Young University comes in at number nine. Their offensive line features Clark Barrington at guard, Connor Pay at center, and Blake Freeland at tackle. On three writes this about BYU. The Cougars pride themselves on their power rushing attack and four starting offensive linemen return after helping the now-departed Tyler Algier rush for 1,601 yards and 23 touchdowns last year. Blake Freeland, a fourth-year junior starting tackle. He is 6'8", 307. He started each of the last three years and looks to have an NFL future. That's impressive when you consider he didn't play on the offensive line until he got to BYU. He was a quarterback his first two years at Harriman High in suburban Salt Lake City. 6'8", 307 now, but a quarterback a couple of years ago in high school. As a prep senior, he saw time at tight end, fullback, defensive tackle, and defensive end. Also in on three's top offensive lines in the country, the Cincinnati Bearcats are number eight coming off their trip to the college football playoff. They have all five offensive linemen returning from last year's team including guard Lorenz Metz, who is 6'9", 337 pounds. He did not play American football till he was 18, as he is from Germany. The Arkansas Razorbacks, one of the most improved teams in college football last year. The Hogs come in at number 7 in regard to on three's list of the best offensive linemen in the country. Four returning starters from a team that loves to play power football. The Oregon Ducks are number six. Defending national champion Georgia comes in at number five. They lost two starters along their offensive line from last year's title team. At number four, Notre Dame's first opponent, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Their three key players, a big tackle, possible first-round pick, Paris Johnson Jr., Tackle Dewan Jones and center Luke Weipler. The Buckeyes line struggled at times last season on three rights, but this unit looks quite good. The tackle combo might be the nation's best. Mr. Alt, Mr. Fisher might have something to say about that. And Weipler is a rock in the middle of the Ohio State offensive line. Baylor comes in at number three, and again on three, the top two best offensive lines in the country. Notre Dame number two. And Michigan, number one. 637 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Also on three's national college reporter, Matt Zenitz, surveyed college coaches from across the country. He wanted to find out who are the assistant coaches that might be on the verge of becoming a head coach for the first time. Now, the survey only included coaches under 55 years old who had not been a head coach previously. 25 names ended up being a part of this story written by Zenitz because these are the 25 that popped up the most. 
And one of the 25 is Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. Reese is now 30 years old. Of course, a fighting Irish quarterback from 2010 to 2013 with 61 touchdown passes. He spent a season at Northwestern as a graduate assistant. Then he went to the Los Angeles Chargers as an offensive assistant for one year. And then he joined Brian Kelly's staff here in South Bend in 2017. He was the Irish quarterbacks coach and then became the offensive coordinator for Notre Dame in 2020. If you believe the reports, Reese was highly sought after to be an offensive coordinator at another school. Brian Kelly, his former boss here in South Bend, tried to persuade him to come down to Baton Rouge, be a part of the family. But Tommy Reese elected to stay with his alma mater. I think this is a major opportunity for Tommy Reese. Eventually, if he continues on this track, he's going to become a head coach. But this upcoming season could really fast forward that opportunity. I believe that because, first of all, as long as Brian Kelly was his boss, people know Brian Kelly, it was his offense. You know, he was always looming. Even though Tommy called the plays, you know, Brian's right there at the drop of a hat to jump in. I think without Brian Kelly here, Tommy Reese has a chance to really show us what his offense is all about. Marcus Freeman has given him the opportunity to run the offense the way he wants to. Now he's trying to put this offense together with a first-time starting quarterback, whether it's Buckner or Pine. But if this offense puts up big numbers with a first-time starting quarterback and with the wide receiving core that I think we're still waiting to see how good they're going to be, this would be, I think, a feather in his cap. This is a chance without Brian Kelly here to put up big-time offensive numbers, and when you do it at Notre Dame, you're going to get extra attention. So I think this is a wonderful opportunity for Reese. He's going to become a head coach at some point again if he continues on this track, but this could possibly speed up the process if he has a big-time year here in South Bend. Another former Irish coach was on that list. Remember Lance Taylor? the running back coach who really started a turnaround running back recruiting at the University of Notre Dame. He left after last year. He is now the Louisville Cardinals offensive coordinator. So Taylor was a guy with NFL experience with the Carolina Panthers that in the next couple of years might be ready to make that jump to head coach. So keep an eye on Lance Taylor. Now two First-year Notre Dame assistants were named as honorable mention on this list in this article. Defensive line coach Al Washington and running backs coach Dylan McCullough. Very interesting list, but Tommy Reese, one of the 25 assistant coaches across the country that many believe are on the verge of becoming a head coach. 641. This is Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett.
boy, oh boy, the former South Bend Cub Dylan Cease is having a breakout season. This was the guy the Chicago Cubs drafted in the sixth round in 2014 with high expectations. He had Tommy John surgery in high school, which dropped his draft status. But the Cubs saw a lot in Dylan Cease, a live arm. They had him in South Bend, and Cease looked very good. He was a guy with an electric fastball, good breaking ball. The changeup was the missing piece for him. He had to learn how to throw a changeup, and not just throw it, but throw a quality changeup. And when he got to South Bend, the changeup was still a work in progress. It improved while he was in South Bend. I know I've told this story before. But I remember when Lansing came to town with Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I remember Cease struck out Guerrero Jr. on a nasty changeup. He had him on his front foot, and Guerrero couldn't touch it. And that was one of the best changeups he had thrown. I think we have to say that because of the person he was facing at that time, the best hitter arguably in the minors, for sure in the Midwest League at that time, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., For whatever reason, I said it the day it happened. I'll say it forever. But what were the Cubs thinking in trading Cease and Aloy Jimenez for Jose Quintana? Didn't make sense that day. Hasn't made sense since. And now, you take a look at the trade. At first, it was like, wow. The White Sox got a middle-of-the-lineup guy in Aloy Jimenez for Jose Quintana. And we'll see what Cease becomes. Well, injuries have held back Aloy, although since coming back from the most recent injury, he has found his swing. He looks really good. Six home runs, hitting around 300. Good for Eloy. But now all of a sudden, Dylan Cease has become, you could argue, the most important piece the White Sox got in this trade for Quintana. Dylan Cease has an ERA below two for the season. 1.98 after today. Took the loss. He was down 1-0 when he left the ball game. The White Sox never tied the game. They lost the game 5-3. So Cease took the loss despite six innings, three hits a run, eight strikeouts. Let me give you these numbers. Dylan Cease for the White Sox. His last 14 starts. This is covering 82 innings. 82. He has given up 50 hits. 36 walks, 103 strikeouts. His ERA in his last 14 starts covering 82 innings. I mean, this is Bob Gibson-esque. 0.66. During these 82 innings, opponents are hitting 172 against Dylan Cease. A 266 on base percentage. And the slugging percentage... A woeful 252 against Cease. He has 103 strikeouts since the last time he allowed multiple earned runs in a game. It has been 15 starts since he has given up multiple earned runs in a game. Think about that. I know Cub fans will always be grateful for Theo Epstein for bringing them a world championship in 2016. Many Cub fans just wanted one. You got it. But he also destructed 
a team that could have been a dynasty. The Hayward signing did not work out, and this trade was just a killer. And now you look at what Dylan Cease has become. Painful to see. Very, very painful. But Cease coming into his own. Interesting guy with the South Bend Cubs. I remember he was unique from the standpoint. The day he pitched for South Bend at home, he wouldn't be in our clubhouse the whole time. There's like the clubhouse. There's a long hallway the elevator to go upstairs, and then there's another little room off that particular area that had a recliner, and he would be sitting in there just reading. He'd read a book before he pitched. That was his way of relaxing. A lot of people put on music. They get away from everybody. Some chatter away. Everybody's a little different. But I had never seen anybody else read a book at the ballpark as he tried to relax before his start. Great kid, phenomenal arm, never understand the trade, and good for the White Sox. That was a franchise-changing trade, despite the White Sox not living up to expectations to date this year. That Jimenez cease trade for Quintana, that will always be a painful one for Northsider fans. 651 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Show me the money. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. All right, let's do a little sports wagering. Did not have a segment last night. We just ran out of time. Too many things going on. We've got a couple of minutes for some suggestions for tonight. Most of the good picks were this afternoon, so I can't use them. So I'm down to the scraps from Major League Baseball. So we had to throw in a couple of NFL games. Why not? It's fun wagering on NFL games. It's impossible to be good at it, it feels like. And these are preseason games, so they don't even matter. So this is just kind of for fun, picking those games. I would not recommend wagering on NFL preseason games unless you just flip a coin. That might be your best option. All right, let's go through the procedure. Four suggestions for tonight. We'll start with the Field of Dreams game in Dyersville, Iowa. The Major League Baseball Stadium constructed just, what, a couple of hundred yards away from the film side of the classic 1980s movie, Field of Dreams. This is the second time Major League Baseball holding a game in Dyersville last year. What a game. The White Sox rallied to beat the Yankees on the walk-off home run by Tim Anderson. This year, the excitement is minimal. Two teams that are not trying to win this year. The Cubs and the Reds are meeting in Dyersville tonight. Drew Smiley on the mound for the Chicago Cubs. Had a rehab start with the South Bend Cubs about a month ago. He's on the mound for Chicago. Let's go with the Cubs. The Reds' offense was, well, traded at the deadline. So let's go Cubs on the money line against the Reds at minus 105 and hope Drew Smiley keeps the ball out of the corn. Suggestion number two, Orioles on the money line at the Red Sox at plus 105. I am going with the road underdog at Fenway Park. Orioles have just been too good. I mean, they're a cashing machine. Red Sox have fallen into the tank. Let's go Orioles road underdog at plus 105. Now to the two NFL games. Hey, let's just flip a coin. We've got the New York football giants. 
taking on the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Mac Jones, Patriots starting quarterback, will not play. I have not seen over the last couple of hours if the Giants decided not to play their quarterback, Daniel Jones. Last I heard this afternoon, he was going to play. Let's go Giants minus 2.5 at the Patriots at minus 120. And the fourth suggestion, let's back Kyle Hamilton in his debut. Ravens minus 3 against the Titans at minus 115. And finally, our underdog pick for tonight. It's got to be a plus number. Let's go big. It's Dyersville. There's a lot of corn. Could be a lot of offense. I'm going with the Cubs team total for runs over five and a half and over five and a half is plus 150 so that's um pretty good change if the cubs score over six runs tonight that's our sports wagering segment we go into sizzler budweiser's weekday sports be brought to you by budweiser the king of beers locally distributed by united beverage company of south bend Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop where new beginnings have happy endings. And Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Have a great evening. Back tomorrow at 5, Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT. If you're f- hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.